Hello, everyone. Welcome to England is Burning for February the 21st, 2021. That's right. We've changed our name. We've changed our logo. We've changed all the fun artwork. And we're brand new. England is burning now on a Sunday, coming from the ATL, coming from Georgia, coming from the USA. We are in the international break for the FAWSL. But as I explained, we do not stop. The five stripes of Atlanta do not stop. We keep on going. It does not matter if there's a, quote, break or not. We're just going to keep rolling on and rolling on. So today we begin the begin a special week of report cards. Yes, it is the international break. It's time to kind of look at where each of the big four clubs are at this point in time and look at each one of them and give some ratings on how things are going and where people think they're going to end up. And so we got some wonderful opinions about each of the four teams. But we're going to start today with Chelsea. We got Rob back from the CFCW Social Senior Editor there. Rob, thank you for coming back onto the show today. I hope you're doing well. Yeah, very well. Thank you. And pleasure as always. Excellent, sir. Excellent. Excellent. So, Chelsea, they're sitting in first place in the FAWS shell. That's not surprising. Uh, they're doing extremely well in the league. Uh, they are also been drawn in the round of 16 and the Champions League coming up. Um, so I'm going to walk through you to get, not through you, I can't walk through <laughs> you from 5,000 miles away. Uh, but no, I'm going to walk with you through some areas where I'd like, like to give, I want like for you to give us a 1 to 10 rating of three different areas of the Chelsea team right now as it stands. Uh, to give us an idea from you where they are in those areas. So give us a rating from one to 10 in these three areas. The first thing I want to talk about is on offense. How would, what rating would you give Chelsea's offensive attack so far as, as we stand at the break? Well, I mean, I think the obvious way to sort of look at this is to look at the sort of WSL league. This season, and also to look at the other competition this season. So Ten times this season in all competitions, Chelsea have scored at least four goals. Um, at the currently, they've got 47 goals for. So that to put that into perspective, that's the highest in the league. One club at Manchester City are one behind them. But other than that, you've then got Arsenal on 40, which is aided by a couple of really big wins. And then everyone else sort of in the 30s. So, yeah, I think you have to probably give them a nine or a ten. Um I'm going to go for a nine. I think there's only one of these categories where I'm going to give a 10. But the, uh, yeah, the, the attacking quality at Chelsea is just outstanding. There are at least four world-class attacking players in Fran Kirby, Sam Kerr, Beth England and uh, Penilla Harder. All of them are just absolutely sort of brilliant, superb, the way they link up with each other. You then got people coming in sort of in reserve like Aaron Cuthbert and Guru Wrighton that are both you know, excellent players in their own right. Um, it's, yeah, it's just an absolutely superb sort of squad. They score so many goals. There are so many games they come into where they'll sort of, you know, kill off the game so, so quickly with the number of goals that they score. Um, and it's such a feature of the play. So I think it's hard to give them anything below a nine. Um, you know, it's just sensational to watch, really. How would you describe the, the offense's attack style of play? It's very direct, very quick, and the aim is sort of to 
once you get one to keep going and going and going until they've got the game completely sewn up. So as soon as the first goal goes in, you want to get the second. Once the second's in, the third goes in. Once the third goes in, the fourth goes in. And then after that, maybe they do slow down a little bit in some games. Although in other games, you will just see them go ahead and just keep, you know, absolutely dominating and just controlling the game. Um, Certainly there's a real emphasis on working the ball out wide and manipulating the fact that you've got um, sort of harder and curvy players, inverted sort of attackers and can go to the byline and cross, but can also, you know, cut inside and shoot. And uh, with Beth England up there and also with Sam Kerr, they're both very good in the air. So you've got that sort of focal point sort of player, if you like. Um, There's also, you know, the ability for the fullbacks to sort of bomb forward and sort of make it a, almost um, with the lines sort of all pushing up, you have the centre-backs on the halfway line, the full-backs pushed up high, and then the two midfielders, all the three midfielders sort of sweeping together on the edge of the box to sort of keep everything really penned in. So it's sort of a real all-out constant attack. And it's very, very entertaining to watch. And I think it's, um, with it being so direct, so quick, so many languages, uh, but it's also very fast. It's extremely entertaining to watch. And the goal is, is... to get a goal as quickly as possible, it seems like, is, you know, yeah. get on top, get on the front foot early, keep going directly forward, attack, utilize space on the wings um, and, and power it forward. But it's like direct from any direction. I mean, any direction they're going to come at you, but there's so many weapons. And that's the thing that I've always, that I, I look at when I look at Chelsea play, I see all those people that you just named off, all those weapons uh, and even if they're not playing in the starting lineup, because I've seen some games where they weren't starting, but then you put in some other weapons in there. And mm-hmm. then, then if things don't seem to be going so well, maybe in this, maybe an hour later, throw in the weapons and then, you know, and you just keep on going. So yeah, it's a really a strong thing. attack with so yeah. many choices, so yeah, many choices. That's, that's the big thing I would say is it's very rare. I can't think of many other times in WSL history that any team has had quite so many different options in the attack so let's move on to the defense so tell us about the defense give us a rating on the chelsea defense so far so again if i look at the table they've uh, chelsea only conceded eight times all season in 15 matches um and uh, one of those times is you know they've conceded multiple goals um they do very very rarely sort of give up a lot of chances in games there are an awful lot of um sort of you know clean sheets it's very common for them to keep clean sheets i mean to put it into sort of perspective um out of those eight goals if we uh, sort of look at that two of them are were against manchester united who are sort of the one of the close sort of competitors to them mm-hmm. and then four of the others came eight two in the surprise loss against brighton and then two against west ham and a 3-2 win so in the other sort of 12 matches They've conceded twice. Um, it does help the fact that I think Chelsea do have pound for pound the best two centre-backs in WSL in Magdalene Eriksson and Millie Bright. And they've also got, you know, two of the best, if not the two, the best combination of full-backs in Jon Anderson and um, sort of Meryn Mielder. Obviously, I know a lot of people rate Lucy Bronze very, very highly at Manchester City. And there are other names... Um, in there as well, Kirsty Hansen at Manchester United has had a very, very good season as well at fullback. But the um, sort of general ability of the defence, the uniform 
the uniformity, the sturdiness, and I'll also throw in the other name um, in here, and they were very close to being my unsung sort of hero that will come later on, is uh, Sophie Ingle in front of the back four, because she's so good at just sort of, when Chelsea need it, being that extra sort of player in between the centre-backs and occupying that space and just breaking up the play and doing the simple things really well. And that often goes unnoticed, but Chelsea look a much better side when they've got that bit of balance in there and that bit of control in the midfield and that bit of like flair and that bit of steel. And I think that's one of those big things that's really, really underrated in the top teams. Um, the best teams in, not only in WSL, not only in women's football, but just in any kind of football, always have that unsung hero just sitting in front of the um, sort of back four. Again, you've got it this season with uh, Manchester City in the Premier League, with Rodri, sort of the, some of the great Chelsea teams in history. You've had Klaud Makaleli and Nemanja Matic when he was sort of uh, sitting up in front of it and just doing the simple things really well and just sweeping up really, really nicely. And, so, uh, Rob, what, what's it? Sorry, Rob, man. What's your, what, what was your rating for the defence? I, again, I, I'll probably give it, I'd say, I'll, I'll give it a nine again. A nine? Okay, it's all right. Hot, it's hard to like. I don't. I don't think it's been as good as the attack, okay. but it's hard to rate it lower than that just by the number conceded. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, is there a weakness in, on their defense? I would say the weakness that they do sometimes have, and the, is that when the first choice back four isn't playing, and also when you know Anne Catherine Berger is missing in goal. Um, Carly Telford, as good a servant as she's been, is not as good at crosses and as good at aerial play, um, can tend to flap at corners so teams can take advantage of set pieces like Brighton did. And Chelsea also, when the centre-backs are missing, either Millie Bright or Mag Erickson, Ingle can cover there, but she's just not as good as the others. Mm-hmm. And so that can cause problems. So I'd say the real issue in that regard, the weaknesses may be the lack of depth in the position. Um but then again, that's sort of you know partly compensated by the fact there are so few teams that can stay in a game against Chelsea due to the attack. And even if you know you can get one or two goals, it's very rare that you will still then come out winning a sort of you know straight shooting fight. It seems to me that that I'm I don't consider Chelsea's defense to be uh, weak at all. Yet I wonder if the plan is is to just break break opponents early by scoring so many goals early on that it essentially just breaks you know just breaks the other team down and and you can do that i think with some with some most of the teams in the league but with some teams you you're going to get into a fight with uh depending on the on the opposition mm. uh but i think the goal is like okay let's try to get up one goal two goals up early and then, as you mentioned earlier, when you were talking about the offense, it's like, okay, at that point, you can pull, you can pull the offense back a little bit. You don't yeah. have to go, you know, so direct. And you pull them back and then let them support the defense um, and so forth. So, yeah, so with nine on the offense, nine on defense. So let's get to Emma Hayes, the manager. She's probably the most respected manager in the league. Uh, so, but how would you rate her performance as manager so far this season? Uh, Ten. 10. Just to right. ten. like, firstly, again, uh, before I sound vacuous with that, um, mm-hmm. firstly, managing the fact that they've got players, managing the squad and the squad harmony, like a terrific, terrific job done with that at the moment, where it would be very, very easy for a lot of players to get unsettled because they're not playing. And 
Emma has sort of successfully managed to navigate that really tricky issue where she said to, you know, the top, top players, okay, there is, here is the challenge. We want you to, you know, we've brought in these world-class players. We want them to improve you. We want them to make you do better. Um, And we want you to step up and, okay, some of them perhaps struggled a little bit at the beginning, but Mm -hmm. afterwards, you sort of, you know, you've seen uh, sort of situations where, again, I think she did a quote today on Beth England, for instance, wasn't playing much at the start of the season, but now she's sort of um, really got back into her mojo and sort of risen to the challenge. And in um, midfield, again, I'd say, you know, Sophie Ingle and um, Jiso Young are both playing very well. Erin Cuthbert's playing very well because there's that extra impetus of Melanie Lurpols. They've brought in Zakira Muscovich mm-hmm. as an option in goal. And in the last few weeks, we've started to really see AKB at her best. Um, mm-hmm. It's just all of that sort of combines together to make it brilliant. And then I'll also say just, you know, tactically Emma gets it spot on so much in the big games against um, uh, earlier this season against Manchester United when Chelsea was sort of under the cosh a little bit and they tend to go long because they saw the space in behind against Manchester City earlier this season when they started to exploit the width and push sort of um, Sam Kerr and Penilla Harder, letting them play sort of as wider players and allowing Frank Kirby to exploit the space in the middle because she's sort of more technical and again, utilising the longer pass. Um, a few weeks ago against Tottenham when she was encouraging sort of Melanie Lurpols and uh, Ingle to shoot from range because the sort of young keeper, again, a new young and experienced keeper and sort of encouraging that and changing the shape. There's just so much like tactical expertise and yet yeah, she's the best manager in the league by far. Like, you know, there are there are other managers that do come close. Um, Casey Stoney is an excellent manager at Manchester United and Gareth Taylor so far has done very well at Manchester City, but both of them can't hold a candle anywhere near Emma Hayes. I, when I look at managers, and I, 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 I really like to study managers, I really do, as much as I like to study numbers, but I also like to study managers. And I look for three areas where I think they would be that I, I look at to kind of judge, judge them. One area is what I is tactics. The other area is personnel management. And the other area is an emotional intelligence. When you look at Emma Hayes on those three areas, you mentioned tactics that she gets things spot on. Uh, you mentioned, you know, sort of uh, personnel management. Uh, in the men's game, we'd call it man management. Yeah. Uh, and then, and then emotional intelligence. How would you rate her in the area of like emotional intelligence? Like exceedingly, exceedingly well. Like mm-hmm. Emma Hayes is a world class manager, um, and I think you saw you saw an element of this a few weeks ago when the story came out about AFC Wimbledon being linked with her as um, mm-hmm. sort of wanting to appoint her, and she came out with a really eloquent sort of statement and said that you shouldn't just see you shouldn't see this as some sort of step up because I'm managing world-class players in the WSL. And although I wish, you know, the best to AFC Wimbledon, I don't sort of, you know, you have to see this as a step up. I see this as a real privilege to do this and a real honour. And this is one of the reasons why Emma sort of is so well-respected, not only amongst Chelsea fans, but against the women's football, is that she is such a champion for the game and is such an ambassador and an icon that I... Yeah, and I think this is one of the elements of the pulling power sort of Chelsea is that realistically they could go in pound for pound on almost any team 
in a transfer in a transfer deal. And if they were up against any team, I think they'd have the edge because you'd have the chance to be managed by Alan Hayes. And I'm sure there are players at the club at this moment in time that have been so, you know have been sold on the fact that Alan Hayes is such a you know brilliant manager in that regard. I, and I'll admit everybody out there that I, I haven't spent like years and years and years studying, uh, you know, the FAWSL, but I will say this, what I have seen so far is incredible with her because what I've seen is pretty much every manager in the league and uh, league looks up to her. You know, they look up to her as, you know, as you said, as an icon, as like, yeah, she gets it spot on all the time. She's, you know, you know, she's at the top. Um, and I've seen so many demonstrations of that, um, you know, in the time that I've, I've watched the, the team and I've watched her work um, so far. So let's move on from that. And so we got a nine for offense, nine for defense, 10 for MAs. So strong ratings there. So you know, it's overall rating. What would you give like a nine and a half? Yeah. The- nine, nine and a half. I mean, if we, if in a couple of months time, we're sitting here and we've taken a quadruple, I may be, you know, inclined to actually give a 10. Yeah. You might actually but give I find that quadruple. It, I, I'm one of those people. I find it very hard to call anything perfection. And I uh-huh. think as a, it's a dangerous trap, whenever you fall into mm-hmm. um, sort of calling your team or calling things perfect, because there's no such thing as a perfect game of football. And there's a, you know, whatever stats and stuff you throw out, there's always some way you can improve on it. And that, again, that's the final point I make about Emma Hayes, is that Emma never settles for anything other than the absolute best. Like, I've seen us win. We won a game against West Ham in the Conti Cup quarterfinals uh, a few weeks ago. And Emma spent most of her post-match interview saying why she was unhappy for 20-minute period in the second half when they were 4-0 up. Because that is the level of, you know, commitment and mm-hmm. commitment and power and passion that she demands all from all the players. And if you're not giving 110%, you are out of there. And this right. is why I think so many, you know, there are some decisions that Emma Hayes has made at Chelsea that perhaps have raised eyebrows in terms of transfers of players in or players out. But mm-hmm. people don't question it because there's that cult of Emma Hayes and that, you know, the, you just know the man. You just sort of, you look at it and you sort of think, well, she's made that decision. It's going to be the right decision. We just have to wait and, you know, have it vindicated. And there's never any reason to question it. So... So let's move on from that. So we got a nine and a half, closer to 10, almost perfect rating so far from Rob here on, on Chelsea so far. And, and I'm not going to question it. I I really am. You know, you, Rob, you give it, you not only giving these ratings out, but yeah, you're making a strong case for what those ratings mean. So I appreciate that. So who is your play? I mean, you named off late before I begin y'all Rob, you've given, you've given us like, six people that I think players that could be any one of them could be the, the player of the, of the team player of the year so far for Chelsea, but who are you going to pick and why? I mean, first I'll give my two honorable mentions because okay. I get, I, you know, I thought there was a, I, I like very, I like thinking about this long and hard. And I think a lot of the time there's a bit of attacking bias in football mm-hmm. in that people will look at the attackers and will say that, you know, the sort of you know the goal scorers get all the acclaim um and I, i'm a big person not that. so firstly it's uh magda lane erickson as captain leader legend icon she embodies everything that is good about chelsea women she embodies everything the club should try and be is just absolutely magnificent and you know I, I off my hat to her she's absolutely incredible is a world-class defender is a world-class person is 
the captain. And, and again, Emma Hayes said a few weeks ago she's going to manage the club one day, and I have no doubt that's true. Number two is Melanie Lurpoles. When Chelsea brought in Lurpoles last week, uh, last season from Bayern Munich on a free transfer, it was said it was a bit of a statement of intent because she was such a big player for FC Bayern. Uh, Frauen and Bayern Frauen are a very good side themselves. So to have the ability to go ahead and do that was just ridiculous. And she's one of those players where if she's on song, the whole team is on song. And it's noticeable that a couple of games that we've perhaps done poorly in this season have been games that Melanie Lurpoles has been off. She was off against that game against Brighton and it was poor and Chelsea lost. And she was off in the game against Everton in the Cup earlier this season and uh, in the FA Cup from uh, game, and Chelsea lost that as well. So Lurpoles just makes everything tick, and as well as having a absolutely wonderful, you know, just absolutely sc- screams in some shots at times. Just so, so good in the middle of the park at breaking play up, passing it, being an option in the final third, creating chances. So they're my two honourable mentions. The, the obvious one has to be Frank Kirby. Like, I, you know, I have no doubt that Frank Kirby, if she's going to sign a new deal at Chelsea, but I, you know, she's the sort of player that I do fear in the summer that someone like Olympic Leon are going to look at and think this is someone that can really improve our squad. And I suspect Chelsea will want a pretty penny. Like, you know, people talk about her being the first million pound player in WSL, and that's completely possible as well. Um, Kirby is just absolutely world class. Again, when she was um, ill last season, people would talk about Sam Kerr and then Penilla Hanna coming in and sort of replacing her. And she's met that challenge has just, you know, accelerated to a whole new level this season. Um, she's getting, I think, a, her, ex, uh, her expected goal contribution is something like um, a goal every 84 or an assist every 84 minutes this season. Um, she's, you know, scoring goals. She's creating goals. She's being a constant menace. Every time she gets the ball, you think something's going to happen. And to do all of that after coming back from a horrific debilitating injury, I mean, to come back from the injury alone takes guts. To come back and play the best football of your career is just absolutely incredible. And it's a credit not only to the player, but also to the medical staff at Chelsea that have managed it brilliantly and to Emma Hayes as well. Because I don't think at any point, even though there were vultures circling on social media, I don't think at any point Emma Hayes ever you know, gave up and never thought that Fran wasn't going to come back. And, you know, I always think that there was a plan. The team was always, the plan was in place for Fran Kirby to come in and be supported by the fact there were other world-class players in there. So, yeah, it's got to be, it's got to be Fran Kirby. I think she's, you know, Chelsea's fans player. I think she would stand a good chance of being WSL player of the season. She's possibly even, especially if Chelsea do win silverware, going to be in with a good chance of winning um, sort of the women's Ballon d'Or next season. My choice is gonna is your your last uh, honorable mention, uh, Melanie Lupuls, because I I am I I agree with you, Rob, that there is a bias towards attacking players. Mm. Uh, I tend to favor players who can who can do a lot of things very very well. Yeah. Uh, on the attack, they're a possibility. They build up play. They start things. They can also defend. Uh, and I from what I have seen throughout with Melanie so far, uh, she is that, um, she does all of those things. Uh, and I, you're absolutely right. It was a big hole that was missing in those matches where she was not available. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, it's, I always look at like, what does the team look like when they, when that player is not on the pitch versus Mm -hmm. when they are. Yeah. And so 
that was the big one. You know, when you have this one player and then the team essentially they lose when, the, when that player is not there, then that, that, um, that really is, uh, uh, says a lot. And, um, so that, I think that, that is my, that is my choice. Fran Kirby would be like, uh, if there's, if, uh, Melanie's one, a, I would say Fran is one B to yeah. me uh from everything that uh, yeah, she it, can it do like, and and creating scoring opportunities and scoring goals herself um, it was very, it was very tough between all three of them again i yeah. will say with, with lurpol's the greatest credit i can possibly um sort of give to her and again i sort of you know as i've said before i like making analogies to mm-hmm. the men's game i think it makes it easier for some people who and you going to understand um chelsea men under Jose Mourinho a long, long time ago uh, in his first part, signed Michael Balak on a free transfer, another German midfielder. It's yep. um, a very similar mould to Lurpels, perhaps a little bit more attacking, but a real leader, that quality in the middle of the park. And for four years, he was just absolutely, utterly dominant. And that midfield that Chelsea sort of men put out then was one of the best in the world. And nowadays you're seeing the same thing with the women. And Lurpels in the style of play really reminds me of Balak. And I've said this to a few people and they said, you know, actually, yeah, I really see that. So that's the greatest credit. I, I think Michael Ballack was a fantastic, you know, absolute legend of the game and a fantastic player. And arguably Chelsea still haven't even replaced him nowadays. But considering that, I, you know, I see Lurpols as being the sort of, you know, female sort of equivalent of Ballack is, you know, sort of speaks to the volume that I do rate the player. So you mentioned earlier that um, Chelsea is in line to get some, not just one piece of silverware, but multiple pieces of silverware who is the player on the squad now that if Chelsea intends on picking up the silverware who needs to step up who hasn't really stepped up so far to help them achieve that goal needs to step up um I suppose the one who's been a bit of a disappointment and again it's partly not their fault because they've been limited minutes for them is um Jesse Fleming who is sort of a very big star in Canadian football. And is, having watched her a couple of times in Canada now in the She Believes Cup, she's clearly a very, very good player. Yes. But perhaps not the right player. Um, I struggle to sort of see where she sort of fits in in the Chelsea sort of system. Because if you have, um, again, the way, the way sort of Chelsea operate, there are sort of two sort of um, ways they can sort of go with really usually. They can either go with sort of a four... 4-2, where they'll, you'll sort of use Penilla uh, Harder and Kirby in the wide roles. You'll have Ingle and Lurpols in the centre of the midfield, and then maybe um, Kerr and England up front. And then in the second half, you'll see Giso Young usually come on, um, probably for Melly Lurpols, or sometimes in the wider attacking areas, you see Aaron Cuthbert coming too. Or more recently, we've been seeing the 4-3-3 formation with Lurpols, Ingle and um, Giso Young in the midfield, and then Harder and Kirby as sort of the wide attackers, and then one of England and Kerr sort of up front as the central striker. Um, I don't really see Fleming fitting in that sort of two-person midfield because I don't think she's got the positional discipline of... Lurpols is very good at going box-to-box, but Ingle's just very good at just sitting in front of the back four. And Fleming get looks like the sort of player that wants to attack and get forward and go forward. Um, and at the moment, sort of, it almost feels like her best sort of form would be at the top of the diamond in that sort of number 10 role where they can be sort of really creative and really dynamic. But Chelsea sort of don't really use that. I mean, Fleming has had limited minutes this season, um, but there's a reason why 
she's had limited minutes. Clearly, she's not, you know, been able to dislodge the likes of Erin Cuthbert as being first-choice substitute, or even Gura Wrighton, who's had less minutes this season than people thought. But one thing with Wrighton is whenever she comes on the pitch, there's always that creativity and that spark. And despite very limited numbers, she puts up some very limited minutes. She puts up some fantastic numbers, um, sort of in terms of creativity and goals and assists. And Fleming just hasn't really done that yet. So I'd say probably Jesse Fleming, although it's harsh because there's limited sort of minutes. There's very few players you could sort of look at and say they're not pulling their weight in the squad. But I suppose, you know, if I had to be really picky and be really harsh, it'd be Fleming because she arrived with a bigger reputation and ultimately hasn't lived up to that. And there's a couple, you know, there's multiple factors, I think, for that reason. All right. I'm going to put you on the spot, Rob, as we wrap this thing up. Okay. So here it is. So at the end of the season, where is Chelsea going to end up in the league? How are they going to fare in the cup competitions? And how do you think they're going to fare in the Champions League? Okay, so I'll start with the cup competitions because they're probably the most um, pertinent. Again, I'm not actually sure what's happening at the moment with the women's um, FA Cup this season because I believe there's been, due to sort of COVID-19, I'm going to just check that out right now while I'm... Here because again, I remember them discussing a delay on that, and that may have been delayed indefinitely. Um, yeah, that, that appears to have now been delayed indefinitely at this moment in time. Um, they haven't obviously come into that yet, but if they came into that, I'd expect them, you know, to be getting to the later stages of the women's FA Cup as they usually do. Uh, with the Conti Cup, they have a final against Bristol City. Um, they should win that comfortably, in all honesty. There will be, you know, there will be a lot of inquests if they're not winning that comfortably as the aggregate score against Bristol City is now is 14-0 this season. Um, and old, it's being played at Vicarage Road, which is a better surface than at Bristol Stadium, um, which caused issues last week. Chelsea are familiar with the big occasion and they've got world-class players. So, you know, they should be wrapping up that piece of silverware and defending. Um, that trophy, again, I... I did say it a while back that their biggest sort of challenge in that was the um, quarterfinal game against Manchester City, which was, you know, a game that was good enough. That could have been the final. Uh, the season, but I think it would be very, very tight between them and Manchester City. Um, I think United will probably go off. Again, you're starting to see it a little bit now. Um, they're sort of dropping a little bit off the pace mm-hmm. um, and a little bit, again, they're sort of six points sort of behind now. That's a big gap at this moment in time of only sort of, you know, a few fixtures to go. Um, Chelsea still do have to play Manchester City at um, Etihad Campus. And I think, to be honest, if Chelsea, as long as they don't lose Etihad Campus, they will go They will go on and win the title. Um, the UWCL is probably the most tough one because ultimately they have got a very tough draw against Atletico Madrid and former Chelsea goalkeeper, Hedridge Lindahl. But again, Atletico haven't been in great straights this season. It will be a fun one for Penilla Harder as she has uh, some incredible... Um, Records against them again. I actually, uh, you know, I will um, share a fun little stat on Penilla Harder and uh, Atletico Madrid. Is that Penilla Harder has previously, you know, played against Atletico Madrid multiple times. She played against them two years in a row and has scored seven goals. Um, the first time it was a 10 0 aggregate win, and the second time a 15 2 aggregate win. So I think if Chelsea can get their attack and going, and assuming that. Um, assuming that Hedvig Lindahl doesn't decide to produce a masterclass against us, which I'm well aware she can do, they can progress. Uh, I would like to see us at least get to the semi-finals this year. I think that's realistic. 
Um, in terms of winning it, I think it's very tough because Leon are so, so good at that, at the level, and they have such experience and such nous. But I will say that, you know, over 90 minutes and over 180 minutes, I think they can beat anyone in Europe. I think they've got the quality and the firepower and the, the first choice 11 is as good as everyone in Europe. It's then perhaps only when you look at the squad depth and you say the attacking depth is there, but is the defensive depth there. Okay. And that's maybe where they're full short this season. But I would say if we can get to the semi-finals, then by that point, no one will want to face us. We'll have already knocked out some very, very good teams. And after that point, it is a bit of a lottery. You need your little bit of luck. You need that little bit of quality. And it's perhaps, you know, the chance for a real legacy to be cemented and for Chelsea to become the first London club. And indeed, I think, believe the first club in England for the men and the women's team to win the UEFA, the uh, UCL in both formats. And that would be a huge accomplishment for Chelsea Football Club. It'd be huge to do that. So you are picking Chelsea to, to basically get the double, to get the Conti Cup and the league. I would say, I would say at least a double. That would, be where, that would be at least, at least a double, at least a double. And then the Same others, up. yeah, and then the, the FA Cup, I don't know what's going to happen with that. Sadly, right. it does sound like that maybe end up being scrapped, which is bitterly right. disappointing. Uh, yeah, that would be. Lot, that uh, would at all be. levels, I have a lot of um, respect for the FA mm-hmm. Cup. I think it's a wonderful yeah. competition at both levels. And in the UWCL, as I've already sort of said, it's very sort of tough I can see I, w- I will say I can see both Chelsea and Manchester City both doing well mm-hmm. in it this year um, and I think both of them you know it's not inconceivable that if they the draws went the right way and they produced some very good performance along the way you could see them meeting in the semis or even in the final Excellent Rob you have been brilliant with us as always I really appreciate your time sir thank you so much uh, for giving us all of your input uh, and the, your, your predictions, I think, are absolutely realistic. I, I would probably agree with all of it. Um, I definitely expect them to win the Conti Cup. I definitely, at this point, they're the team to beat. I think if the title in the league is theirs to lose uh, in terms of the WSL. Um, I'm not so, to be honest with y'all, I'm not so experienced with the other teams in Europe. But, I, but from what I've seen, semifinals look pretty pretty realistic as well so i think you're uh, you're spot on i don't think you're making any really outlandish <laughs> you know predictions of, of everything um but yeah it's a really 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 strong side and very exciting to watch rob thank you for your time with us today uh and i look forward to having you on in the future not a problem thank you very much for having me all right, everyone out there, we got to wrap this thing up. And England is burning today because, you know, it's that time. We got to wrap it up uh, for a Sunday. Tomorrow, we're going to be doing the report cards for Manchester United and Manchester City. And then on Tuesday, we're going to do the report card on Arsenal. So you got all that coming up. So for the time being, we're going to close this out. But remember, the light is out there. Remember that it's there. Acknowledge it. Let it hug you. Let it become part of you. But also acknowledge that the darkness is out there as well. Do not let the darkness hug you under no circumstances. But if it just happens to do so, please get the support you need. Help yourself. Help each other. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. England is Burning is out for today. Thank you.